You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. And boy, do we have a full show today. The craziness that goes on with guns and weapons and firearms, the politics of guns, weapons, and firearms, and even a few accessories for guns, weapons, and firearms. We're going to explore everything. But as usual, we're going to start with the politics or the stories of the day, so to speak. The first one comes from a progressive private school who suspended a student for three weeks because he posted a photo on a social media site with a toy gun. So the last three weeks of school, this guy didn't get to go to because he had a picture of him posted on a uh, social media with a, a toy gun in his hand. Now, the boy's father, of course, obviously upset. He criticized the school for what he calls punitive and counterproductive intervention. Now, according to Bernstein, the boy appeared in a video alongside another boy who was holding an airsoft gun, and the school discovered the eighth grader posted a photo on Snapchat and depicted him being held in a headlock while another boy pointed the toy gun at his head. Okay, first of you, you're all going, you should never be pointing any gun at anybody's head for any reason, especially even an airsoft gun, because you can put an eye out, as... uh as we all learn from Christmas Story, you'll shoot your eye out. So shouldn't have been doing it. That movie's probably on uh, now for uh, Christmas in July. Yep, probably so. But so anyway, he shared it with 13 friends, and they said that the, he was suspended for three weeks because it may have impacted students with anxiety. And we have to protect them. So, and what's more interesting is the reaction of the boy's father, who doesn't appear to be most considered a Second Amendment advocate, but he's he calls them, he calls the Congress's unwilling to act a national disgrace. But he believes his son should be suspended for three days, not three weeks, because he po- posed with a toy gun. Now, this same school had another issue. It's They had one of the students had seen one of the teachers texting while driving. So he reported it. Now, they dragged the kid into the principal's office, made him apologize to the teacher because the teacher was very hurt. Now, get this straight. The teacher was texting while driving, probably breaking the law in almost every state. But the fact that the kid turned him in or made a complaint about it, they punished him instead. And they said he violated community values by hurting the teacher's feelings. So the teacher's breaking the law, driving dangerously, potentially endangering other people, and they hold the student responsible for turning him in or mentioning it to somebody. Absolute bull squeeze. There's no way that should be allowed to stand. Absolute bullshoy. (laughs) Yes. Well, oh, my goodness. But And that's not a dish on the local Chinese buffet. Mmm, Chinese. Okay. Anyway, so that was the bad news for this week. Now, there is some good news going on. There's a group with about 30,000 members and 75 chapters across the U.S. This is the National African American Gun Association. That's right, N-A-A-G-A. So, and they're considering expanding their mission into political arena by starting a PAC. So NAGA, as they call themselves, are going to start collecting money and start supporting pro-Second Amendment 
groups in politics. Um, are you sure that's not racist? National African American Gun Association. How is that racist? Uh, according to Representative Presley from Massachusetts, um, she doesn't want any more black faces that don't agree with her. Oh, of course not. Democrats don't want anybody who don't agree with them. Yep. It goes back to the Civil War. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, according to NAGA's website, the organization was formed in 2015, <laughs> and the goal of the National African American Gun Association is to establish a Second Amendment organization that educates and trains our community on the rich legacy of gun ownership of African Americans. Now, a lot of you don't know this, but the NRA, back in the 50s, 60s, 40s, took to training people of African-American descent. I hate using hyphenated Americanism, but that's that's the, the term we're going to use. And they took to training them to help them learn how to use weapons back then. So how can that be a bad thing? And then they claim the NRA is racist. I'm going, that doesn't make any sense. Now, these guys started their own organization. Now, I don't know if only black people are allowed to join, if white people can join this group or not. I don't know. I have not talked to anybody from there, but maybe we'll get a hold of somebody and find out. But in the four years since they've been established, they have got 30,000 people to join their group. And their mission is to train responsible gun owners. Okay, here we go. We welcome people of all religious, political, social, and racial backgrounds. So anybody can be a NAGA member. All right, you know, so anybody can sign up. Now, I like to sign up with any group that is pro-Second Amendment. If they have a particular racial slant, that's fine. I don't care. If we all agree on the same thing, that is what is going to defeat most socialism in this country. Most people don't understand it. But if we bring people together instead of splitting them apart by race, by gender, by age, by income, by you know political affiliation, if we bring come together, that's what politicians fear the most. So this group is actually pushing to establish training and get people more in tune with their gun rights because people are not afraid. They're not as afraid of things if they know how to use them, if they're trained properly. Well, you know what they say about gun control. Use both hands. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and it's funny because they're trying to stop the negative stereotypes. You know, and that's something that, you know, it's unfortunate, but there are people who look at certain people with certain things and decide, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's racist. And it's true. There are certain stereotypes, and it's not racist, it's prejudiced. There's a difference. Thank you for making that distinction, because you're absolutely right. It's not racist. It's prejudice. It's if you prejudge somebody based on their skin color, you're being prejudiced. If you imply that one race is superior to others, then you're a racist. So, just because you say something about some race, like if I say all Asians are really smart, <laughs> that's prejudice. That's not racist. Right. There's nothing wrong with that because, I mean, you know, let's. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Whether you say something good or bad, if you make a uh, prejudgment based on someone's right. ethnicity or skin tone, that's prejudice. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but now this group is going to, they're thinking about starting a PAC, a political action, action committee. Now, there's nothing better than 30,000 people in 75 chapters across the United States starting to collect money to donate to political causes that support their own. I think this is a fantastic idea, and anybody who is near or is familiar with this group, you should sign up and join. Why not support somebody who supports Second Amendment rights? 
And that way, it just looks even better when you see people of all races, colors, sizes, genders, incomes, supporting Second Amendment rights, as they should, because it was the Second Amendment for a reason. The first one is say what you want to say as long as it's, you know, not harmful, like you don't yell fire in a crowded movie theater just for kicks, not legal. But you do want to be able to speak your mind, express your opinion, even if it's dissenting from the current wave of uh, the tolerant left. (laughs) We'll get to that in a moment. I've got a good story about uh, new supplies for rioters and Antifa members. So anyway, so this guy wants to he wants to stop the the stereotypes of being called a thug or doing something illegal just because somebody's black is holding a gun. And they're going to change it because they're going to go and push gun ownership for everybody into a positive mindset. They want to see that anybody can own a weapon if they're responsible, they're well-trained, they know how to use it, they're somebody who should have it. Now, they're still discussing the details of their PAC. Oh, and as for the group's controversial acronym, N-A-A-G-A, Smith believes it gives the group an edge. Some people thought it was offensive. And I thought, and still do, there's kind of an edge to it, he said. So he's aware of what he's doing. So this was not done by coincidence. These people know exactly what they were doing, and they did it rather well, I might add. Okay, now we're going to see something that's going on across the world. New Zealand, as you know, has of late become, let's say, um, they've been embroiled in a in a gun control battle. They did have um, a shooting there, and over 50 people were killed and a bunch more wounded. So immediately, the New Zealand government decided to take things into their own hands, and they were going to uh, start gun control. They're going to pass, going to stop military-style weapons. They're going to have magazine limits. They're going to have um, all kinds of things typical to what any country or any politician wants to do. It's funny how politicians want to ban everything that could prevent people from believing in their own way of doing things or prevent them from stopping a government when it's run amok. But anyway, the New Zealanders, I think, have actually taken a page from American history because they, they, they're, they're a country of about one and a half million guns. Now, this new ban went into effect, and these New Zealanders are supposed to hand their guns in or surrender them for some sort of payment or some sort of compensation. And they have collected, they've collected 700 guns out of the 300,000 that they were supposed to get. (laughs) So, I have to say, isn't, isn't civil disobedience great, folks? These people realize, you know what? You can come take them from me. You, you can take them out of my cold, dead hands. And I'm thinking, you know, that's got to be a similar spirit to what the American colonists, well, at the time they were British colonists, experienced when they told King George when he tried to take their weapons, forget you. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep our guns and not pay your taxes and throw your tea in the harbor. Well, now the New Zealanders haven't thrown any tea anywhere, and and they don't have soldiers patrolling about, but they're telling the New Zealand government, forget you. When you come take my gun, then I'll give them away. And I imagine there's probably a record number of boating accidents taking place in, in New Zealand as we speak, as these guns are inevitably lost forever and can never be handed in. So now, and then, of course, you know, there was this, the massacre that caused it to happen, But then, of course, 
New Zealanders are pretty inventive also. So they're coming up with another way to fight or to, uh, to do something. And I think we're going to come back to that in a moment. But right now, I just want to know if you have any issues to discuss with me, you have anything to say, I can be reached at rogeronradio at gmail.com or at roger at americaswebradio.com. So if you have a dissenting opinion, a concurring opinion, a comment, a criticism, I'm willing to take it. We're going to a break right now. We'll be right back. You're listening to America's Web Radio. I'm Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody of any other gender. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Whatever this you, is <laughs> Whatever you call yourself, you're welcome here at America's Web Radio. That's right. I am Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. And just before we left for the record, we were talking about the New Zealanders and their spirit of civil disobedience and not handing in their weapons. Well, you know, like I say, that's been a spirit we've had in America before. However, I think as of late we are losing that that uh, feeling. And then there's and then so some some New Zealanders are thinking, you know what? Okay, I want to abide by the law, but I also don't want to give up my gun. So they created this law to take away semi-automatics. So of course, New Zealanders apparently are pretty inventive as well. Like like I say, maybe they take after us Americans. I don't know. And there has been somebody working on a conversion kit to convert a semi-automatic AR-15 into a pump-action rifle. So that way it would not fall under the ban. Of course, most of you know if you convert something from one thing, you can generally turn it back to another thing pretty quickly if the need arises. And I started thinking about this real quick from a technical point of view, and I thought, how would you do that? And I thought, it really wouldn't be that hard. Those of you who know how AR-15 works, it siphons gas off of the barrel to cycle the action. If you block that gas port, don't allow gas to flow, it just becomes a single-shot rifle. If you add some sort of device to just cycle the action by the charging handle or side charging handle, you could turn it into a pump-action rifle, and boom, it doesn't break any of the New Zealand laws now that it's a pump-action rifle. Of course, there's still magazine bans and capacity bans and all that, but... 
you know, it shows they're being inventive and they're coming up with new ways to avoid things, which I just think is fantastic. That's almost an American spirit of inventiveness. Who knows? Maybe New Zealand will be the next United States. Of course, they're going to have to get their constitution in order before that'll happen and prevent people from passing laws so quickly as a knee-jerk kind of reaction. But anyway, hats off to New Zealand. You're doing a great job. Civil disobedience and inventiveness to stay legal. It's fantastic. I love it. Okay, this is an interesting story I found today. Now, this is not so much politics as it is, I guess, uh, use of force and against who you can use force against. There was a, a sheriff's deputy, Alan Gaston. He was heading into the IRS office. Because he had a question to ask about a letter he had received. Now, he was in full uniform. He had his sidearm with him. He was on duty. Apparently, he was on a a 10-minute break or lunch break or whatever. So he decided to duck into the the IRS office, see if he could ask somebody a quick question. The armed security guard, Seth Eklund, decided, oh, no, you cannot come in here with that gun. You must disarm yourself. And the sheriff's deputy said, no, I'm on duty. I can't take my gun off and leave it in the car. And then Seth Eklund, the security guard for in the IRS building, decided, okay, he was going to take the sheriff's deputy into custody. He drew his gun, pointed at the deputy, and told him to uh, come with him. He was going to take him into custody. At this point, the sheriff's deputy decided, you know what? He apparently was an experienced law enforcement officer and realized the best way to defuse this was just to walk away. Turn around, walk away. So he turns around, he starts to walk away. And Mr. Eklund continually pointing the gun at him while he's walking to exit the building, trying to grab him and take him into custody. <laughs> oh, I just would have loved to have seen this. Now, at the same time, the people in the IRS office are calling 911, saying that they have their security guard has got somebody at gunpoint they're trying to take into custody, failing to mention that it was a fully uniformed sheriff's deputy that he was trying to take into custody. I know that you can't make this up. This is almost comical. So, and the sheriff's deputy later talked about, he goes, you know, he figured the best way was just to walk away, not escalate the situation, not get, not get anything, you know, to move into a higher level. He wanted just to walk away, let it de-escalate. But by this time, 911 had been called. Police were coming onto the scene. When they arrived on the scene, they realized what was going on, and then they arrested Eklund for, what did they call it, uh, putting, he was putting other people at risk. It was a, um, ag- an assault or an aggravated threatening or something like that. He was using potential deadly force in an unacceptable situation. He was also, like I say, by having his gun out walking through the building, pointing it at the sheriff's deputy while he was leaving, he was endangering everybody else around him by having his live weapon out with no reason to have it. Now, of course, this brings, I just wonder how this is going to pan out because apparently the security guard for the IRS is a federal employee, I would think, and the sheriff's deputy a more local employee. So is it going to be federal law over state laws? Are the feds going to step in and try and get this guy off of the charges? I wonder. You know, it seems like those battles are going on on a daily basis. You see police officers in various states and cities not complying with ICE agents or or Border Patrol, trying to stand with their sanctuary city's philosophy of let everybody in and let's pay for it all. 
Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody else's costs and expenses and college and health care is going up, up, up. Meanwhile, the illegal aliens are just sitting there going, hey, we go to America, we get everything for free if you go to the right state. But apparently, I'm curious to see where this goes. But right now, he just he did get arrested. I don't know if they let him out or they let him out on bond, I'm pretty sure, because it was no, he didn't fight when the police officers got there. He just tried to explain his side of it. And apparently, the police officers went, oh, no, there is no reason for you to pull a gun on somebody. Oh, they charged him with aggravated menacing. That sounds pretty bad. Hmm. I wouldn't want to be charged with aggravated menacing. So it sounds like something that UFC fighters do all the time. But, hey. Okay. Now, this is one I saw just briefly, and I had to bring it up. Apparently, in a move to capitalize on the ever-growing market for the more tolerant riot equipment, Fight Fascism Foundation has announced a new line of Coexist-branded Molotov cocktails. Yeah, it's not really true. It's a Babylon B story, but it was so well thought out, I figured I had to bring it up. But, uh, you know, and they said, rioters' hearts are in the right place, but they've been unable to express their great tolerance for ideas they disagree with. With his burning buildings to the ground until now, with our great line of riot products, the victims of your violence will know just how virtuous you you, you are. <laughs> and the weapons are equipped with easy light technology, so even teenagers who have never rioted before can fire them up and show their enemies how loving and tolerant they are with an explosion of fire. Yeah, okay, that was just fun. I enjoyed that one. That was a Babylon B story, which in case you people don't know, Babylon B does sarcasm. They do satire. They make fun of things because that's what they do. But that was just so interesting. I just had to bring that up because I didn't want that to get away. So especially the wording. It was great. Okay. So now what we're going to get into is some new products because everybody likes new products. Now, this is something I saw that's coming out. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the the SIG P3, P365 SIG. It's been out for about a couple of years now, and it has taken the gun community by storm because of its small size, its great ergonomics, and its capacity. I mean, it's holding 10 rounds in a package smaller than a Glock 26, which is amazing. Now they're coming out with a newer version of this gun called the P365XL. Now, the XL is a slightly larger version of the P365. And you're thinking to yourself, why do I want a larger version of a small gun? Well, it's only slightly larger. In fact, you run comparison, it's got uh, the barrel length on the P365 is 3.1 inches, while on the XL it's 3.7 inches. The overall length goes from 5.8 inches to 6.6 inches, so... You know, point, what is that, uh, point eight inches, so three quarters of an inch longer in overall length, and the width is point one inches wider, so it's only slightly larger, but it bumps the capacity up to 12 plus one with available 15 round mags also, which will probably extend the total height of the gun also. But, uh, it's, it's supposed to be shipping now. So we'll see if it uh, when it comes out how it's going to be. It, it sounds like if it's anything like the P365, it is going to be a hit. Sig will have something on their hands that'll be a spectacular weapon. It'll be now this of course. Now I know not everybody has a Glock or carries a Glock or likes Glocks, but I have to say the Glock 19 is probably one of the most successful handguns ever produced. And before the 1911 people come running at me and screaming and yelling. 
1911 is produced by dozens and dozens of manufacturers. The Glock is produced by one manufacturer. So as a single manufacturer, Glock has a huge market with the 19s and 17s. In fact, 65% of law enforcement carry this gun. Now you're saying, why am I touting the Glock? I'm not touting them. I'm just saying their popularity leads me to compare the P365XL to something Glock has to offer. Like, let's say, the... um, the Glock 19, which is probably one of the most popular guns in the entire world. Now, the the, the SIG is at 6.6 inches. The Glock is at 7.3 inches. So it's slightly longer. And then the biggest thing is the width. The Glock has a width of about one and a third inches, while the SIG is 1.1 inches. That's almost a quarter inch narrower for the SIG. So that makes it a lot easier to conceal. It takes away a lot of the blockiness or the the squareness that the Glock has. And if any of you have held a P365, you know the grip is much more ergonomic. It fits hands much better than the Glocks do. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I like the Glocks, but I'm saying this this pistol has the potential to possibly displace a lot of the Glocks. Because even in a Glock 26, which is the smaller version... You're talking an overall length of 6.4 inches versus 6.6 for the SIG XL. Now, the 26 is the Glock's smallest pistol, and the SIG XL is a step above in size from what their smallest one is, their smallest one being at 5.8. So they're almost, you know, uh, more than half an inch shorter overall length with with a magazine capacity that's identical to a Glock 26. So I have a feeling if this gun hits the market and it doesn't have any issues like the P320 had with the drop firing and such, it could become a huge hit. And this could be easily the next gun to take over a lot of standard carry positions for those of you who carry every day, as I wish most of you would. Well, if you feel comfortable with it, if you had the proper permits. It's funny how you have to have a permit to exercise your Second Amendment right. You have to show ID to buy ammo in California, but you don't need it to vote. Anyway, we're going to be right back with some more. I am Roger B. This is America's Web Radio. Quick stakes. That's Q-U-I-K stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick stakes, Q-U-I-K stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. This is America's Web Radio, and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. That's right. This is the show that's about guns. It's about firearms. It's about weapons. And it's about the politics of all those things. It's about accessories for all those things. And like I say, I have opinions on things. And if you have a varying opinion, shoot me an email. Roger at AmericasWebRadio.com. Let me know if you disagree. Let me know if you agree. Let me know if you can't stand it or if you think it might be something worth considering. If you have enough dissenting opinion, who knows? I may make you sit next to me and discuss these points. But anyway, we're on to the new weapons. And uh, we just got over the, the SIG 365 XL. I think is going to be a phenomenal weapon as long as it doesn't have any issues. As SIG has had a few in the last few years. With the MCX, I think it was. They had a bolt carrier group issue. And then the SIG 320 with the drop firing. Apparently, they were able to fix everything and recall everything. But anyway, hopefully it'll be a fantastic weapon and make other manufacturers step up a little bit, step their game up. There's one other new weapon that has been released now. Now, don't be looking for this at the local gun shows because it's not going to be there. But the U.S. Air Force has got a new gunship officially ready to ruin the day of anybody who we decide to turn it on. This is the AC-130J Ghost Rider gunship. Apparently, it flew its first combat mission in Afghanistan in late June, and it is being brought out to relieve the AC-130U Spooky. Following, you know, there were NAV Combat Sortie Special, was it the Air Force Special Operations Command spokesman confirmed its existence and its use. So it has been used. Now, they won't give details of the mission, but, you know, obviously we're not, we're not, uh, have the proper clearance for that. But anyway, so they're saying it took place just a few days before June 28th. Now, this AJ, AC-130J Ghost Rider ship, it's like an ultimate battle plane. They said it's a bomb truck with guns on it. it sounds like something I need parked in my driveway. <laughs> Along with the standard 105-millimeter cannon, there's an additional 30-millimeter GAU-23A cannon along with wing pylons designed for, now these I'm going to spit out these numbers and letters, the GBU-39 small diameter bombs and AGM-114 Hellfire missiles. So this thing is going to be equipped to take on anything, anywhere, at any time. And they were mentioning the 30-millimeter cannon in particular is almost like a sniper rifle. They say it's that precise. They can pretty much aim it at any one target and hit anything on a first shot one kill one shot one kill basis so and then the fact that the ac-130 tends to fly slow gives it a lot of time over its targets to unload a lot of things so now i'd love to see one of these at the local gun show but i don't think it's going to happen and the price tag would probably be a little out of my range but still you know we discuss everything firearms guns and weapons and this is by by no means anything less than a weapon but uh, we'll have to see. I'd like to see some uh, video of this flying some combat missions, see how that goes. But apparently it's out there, and it's being and it's replacing the uh, the Spooky, which, as you know, was, I believe it had several miniguns mounted on the side. It could pepper a football field in a matter of seconds with one round and a square inch, and this is supposed to be more devastating than that. So, interesting. All right. Well, today we're going to get into our topic of discussion, which is going to be fully my opinion so, again, if you disagree with me or have a point to make, by all means, you can go to AmericasWebRadio.com. 
You can look at the live feed. You can spit up a question. You can make a, t- a comment. You can tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Whichever, I'll take either one. Now, this was a tough one to do because someone had asked me, you know, what kind of gun should I buy? And, you know, we get into that with the handguns and requirements and this and that. But they're saying, what if I want more than one? I want to build, you know, a, a basis for owning several guns to cover all the bases. So we decided, we talk, was talking for a while, and we decided that five guns should probably cover almost every need you would have with a firearm, at least to start with. Now, granted, there are certain certain niches that you could fill by very specific weapons, but we started off by going, if you could only have five, you know, you guys who are married or, you know, live on really tight budgets, and you're limited to where your gun money can go because you still want to eat, or the wife needs new shoes or whatever, so you're limited on that, but you want to pick five guns to give you a well-rounded collection. And I know there's going to be disagreements, so you can send me an email, roger at americaswebradio.com, and I'll see those. Well, here we go. We're going to get started. The very first weapon most people should have in their collection is a handgun, hands down. This is the most versatile for most situations. It can be used at home. It can be traveled with. Now, before you travel with any weapon, check the local laws of the states you're going through. Make sure you're not going to be in trouble because there are some states where just transporting a weapon through the state can be a crime, and you can get arrested for that. Even if you don't use it, don't brandish it, don't have it outside your trunk, just by having it in your possession is a crime. So be really aware of that. There are a ton of websites you can go to. I think one of them is packing.org. They will give you a list of which states honor which permits and which states allow you to carry and the way they allow you to carry. If it has to be locked in a box or it has to be, you know, out, outside the main cabin of the, of the car. But anyway, so a handgun allows you that portability. It gives you the chance to carry it on your person as well. When you go out into the world, you can carry a handgun with you. Yes, sure, you can carry a rifle or a shotgun with you, but it's not going to be near as easy to conceal, and it's hard to sit in a movie theater with a shotgun riding shotgun. <laughs> so we're going to say a pistol is going to be your first first line of defense. It can be used on your person. It can be used in your home. It can be carried with you in your car. It's small enough to be portable. Now, I'm not going to get into the pistol or revolver debate. That's going to, you know, we've discussed that before in different calibers. You know, whatever you get pistol-wise, Put more effort into training with one particular weapon, and it's going to make you much more effective with it. Now, the only the only mention you know the only mention I'll make of calibers that in an urban environment, your pests, as they're called, are more likely to be of the two-legged variety. While in a rural setting, you may run into more four-legged pests. You may have bears or hogs or you know wild bobcats, which may require a defense against. So in an urban setting, more rounds may be required. You want to have ideally a pistol with magazines, multiple magazines. So any pistol in a 9, 40, 45 would be ideal choices. Now, in a rural setting, you might consider a larger caliber revolver because of the four-legged variety of creatures. Because there, you're not going to get the psychological effect because a dangerous animal doesn't always know when he's been shot or what's going on if somebody's firing at him while people tend to realize if they see things bouncing off of trees and ground next to them they're being shot at and they'll tend to retreat or fire back so with animals they don't tend to know they think you're threatening them they don't always understand what's going on so you might need a larger caliber to defend yourself against four-legged animals than you would two-legged animals so keep that in mind depending on your setting 
Now, for the second weapon, I debated this for quite a while because there's a lot of schools of thought that would push one weapon over another into or another. And I decided that I came to the conclusion that the second weapon in your arsenal should be, well, arsenal, I say collection. Arsenal sounds so threatening. So we're going to use the word. Your second weapon in your collection should be a rifle. Now, I'm talking about a higher-powered center-fire rifle would be something you consider for defense purposes or defense purposes or even survival type scenarios. You want to have something that has a longer range to it. Now, I know a lot of you more experienced people out there might be thinking, oh, wait, no, no, a shotgun first or maybe a twenty-two. Well, I'm going to justify this with one word, distance. A rifle creates distance. It gives you the chance when you're experienced, you can put distance between you and a potential threat or a group of threats. This gives you time because distance buys you time. If people are coming in and you have the ability to stop them because you have distance on them and can keep them at bay, this gives you time. And time is critical in any kind of threat situation. Now, of course, with any collection of tools, you want to learn how to use them. Because if you don't know how to use it, it's just a club. So when you pick your rifle, you know, it's going to give you two choices. You always have two choices when you're confronted by a threat. Everyone knows the two choices, and you make them one way or another, and you decide based on your situation what you're going to do. You have fight or you have flight. With a rifle, you can engage threats at a much longer distance than with a handgun. Now, what this does, this may be able to keep a threat far away from you long enough to be able to make an escape or gain enough time to get your group, your friends, your family, whoever's in your group, to a, a better situation, maybe a higher situation where you can uh, be, 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 be looking down to a reinforced position where you have cover or you have even concealment at this point, maybe to get you to a vehicle to get you out of there. If you can buy more time because it takes people longer to traverse longer distances. So if you can keep them at bay with distance, then you know what? You've gained an advantage. And that would be the second weapon I would recommend as a rifle. Now, either two-legged or four-legged creatures can be dispatched with a rifle. And here again, the caliber is always up for debate. Everyone's going to have their favorite. Everyone's going to have one they choose over another based on, hopefully based on their surroundings, their experience. But you want something that's going to be universally usable. So I would say at least a 5.56 caliber. You don't want a pistol caliber carbine in this case because that would give you slightly longer range than a pistol, but not enough to where you can defend your position out to to the distances I'm talking. So you're going to have at least a 5.56 or 7.62.39, something that's good for out to 500 yards or more. This is going to be able to put the kind of distance between you and a threat that you want. Now, hopefully, that amount of distance would deter most threats from proceeding further because you don't want people coming in after you. You don't want people to to threaten your position. And also, if you have even four-legged creatures, you want to be able to keep them at bay, especially if they're dangerous. If you've got a family you're trying to protect or if you've got friends you're protecting, or if you just want to eat that night and you're dealing with a skittish animal, hey, get something that reaches out a little further so you don't have to uh, get as close to dispatch them. Now, here again, the difference between the urban and the rural environments is something that you'd have to take into account. Again, an urban environment, more your 
pests are going to be two-legged creatures at this in this particular scenario. And there's been stories as of late, especially where a multitude of people have had threats from multiple sources. People have been broken into houses with three or four people coming in. And you wonder, why do you need a 20 or 30 round magazine? Because you're being assaulted by three, four, five people. You need the extra capacity. Because when you're under threat, your adrenaline is going, your vision gets narrowed, your fine motor skills tend to get diminished, and you want to have something with extra firepower. So if I just had to pick something, I'd say either some sort of AR-15 rifle, whatever caliber you want, as long as you have multiple magazines and a lot of extra ammo, or even an AK-47 type rifle if you prefer that caliber. Or you can also get the AK-47 in a 5.56, or you can get the AR-15 in a 7.62 by 39. So just get something that's... um Easy cost-wise, and I'm sure I'd pick these two rifles because of their cost. Most of them can be had for under $500 in a decent variety, up to $700 for the for a, uh, one with a lot of accessories on it. Put some optics on it, whatever you want. Now, I'm sure there's guys saying, oh, I want my M1A1, I want my HK91, my G3, I want this or that, and that's fine. Those are all excellent choices. However, I'm just saying have one in a price range that's easy to afford and one with ammo and accessories and replacement parts that are easy to get. If your Springfield Armory M1A1 breaks something, you're probably going to have to order it or find somebody that's got it. It's not like you're going to be able to go to the the local gun shop and find every part for that gun available to be replaced, while the AR-15 and some of the AKs, the replacement parts are much easier to find. So just consider that if this is your first and only rifle. You want to have one that's easy to work with. Now, the next weapon, I know a lot of you may have put this weapon second place instead of third place, but I put it third because I think the rifle, like I said, the distance issue was a big deal. And by a narrow margin, I'd say a shotgun is number three. Everyone knows a shotgun is a short-distance weapon. Sure, you can get out to maybe 50, 75, even 100 yards with some slugs or some heavy turkey or bird loads. But generally, that's considered short-distance weapon. Well, folks, we're going to come back, continue our list in a few minutes. This is America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. Live closer to your food source. Learn how to grow it yourself. 
Please join me every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern on America's Homegrown Veggie Show for tips and advice from the country's best gardeners. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. This is America's Web Radio, and this is Locked and Loaded. Now, you can find us at AmericasWebRadio.com and listen to live streaming anytime of whatever show is going on. We also do rebroadcast during the day and throughout the week, so if you miss a show, you can find it there, or you can also go to YouTube and find our shows there. Most of them are archived live there. And you can actually see the broadcast, which I don't know why anybody would want to do that, because if you know me, you know I have a face for radio, which is why I thought this would be easier. And the live broadcast on YouTube, not something I had actually counted on, but hey, if you're willing to torture yourself, go to YouTube, go to America's Web Radio. Dot com channel. We are there. We have most of our shows broadcast, and we have a variety of shows, not just guns, politics and cars and medical shows. So you may find yourself being entertained throughout the day by various America's Web Radio shows. And if you have any comments, for me especially, you can make them at to Roger at AmericasWebRadio.com. So give that a shot. Like I say, I welcome all challenges all information. If you'd like to hear a particular, my take on a particular subject, by all means, shoot it out there. You got a question for me you want me to answer on the show? I can do that too. Or if you want to see a subject broach that you had some questions about or thought you'd like some advice on, I'm not saying my advice is any good, but I'll give it to you anyway because it's free. Okay, so back to our choice of weapons. Here we go. We were up to number three, which was, like I say, by a narrow distance, I placed a shotgun. And we said a shotgun is a short-distance weapon, and a lot of its goal is to induce fear. Because if you ever look down the barrel of a shotgun, it's got a three-quarter-inch opening in the end of the barrel, well, for a 12-gauge. And it sends out multiple projectiles of, of various size every time the trigger is pulled. And yes, there are slugs and other solid projectiles you can shoot out of a shotgun, but most of them are what they call shot. And shot comes in a variety of sizes. The larger the number, the smaller the shot. So you're looking at like sevens to eights for bird shot, and there could be several hundred pellets in there. Now, of course, being that it fires multiple projectiles, it's going to mean it does have a shorter distance. But multiple projectiles also means that anything from the bird shot is 7 or 8 all the way up to a double-aught buckshot, which in a standard shell is nine thirty-three caliber pellets firing at one time. So imagine firing nine rounds every time you pull the trigger. That's as good as any fully automatic weapon, especially if you can fire off three, four, five rounds in a matter of a two to three seconds. You're firing as fast as a machine gun. Now, granted, those pellets are not entirely accurate other than at close distances. You get beyond 50, 75 yards, you're going to have to be a little more careful. But up close, a shotgun is devastating. In fact, these are, they're available in a number of every kind of action you can imagine. They have lever-action shotguns, semi-automatic shotguns, pump-action shotguns. Um, let's see. There's probably single-shot shotguns, double-barrel shotguns, even triple-barrel shotguns. Yeah, you heard me right. There are triple-barrel shotguns. So there's a variety. They even have pistols that fire small caliber shotgun shells. 
I think the 410 shotgun shell is available in several pistol varieties. So just in case you want to carry it on your side and you want to have the effectiveness of a small shotgun, but you don't want to carry one with you, there are pistols that fire shotgun shells as well. And again, short distance. And also, a shotgun can make up for poor marksmanship. It's kind of like a, the old cameras, the point-and-shoots. That's kind of what these are like. You kind of point in the general direction, fire the shot, and it's going to give you a pretty good spread of pellets <laughs> in order to be able to you know, get closer to hitting your target. So a lot of people say these are good for beginners who don't learn to aim. That might be true in some respects, but I want anyone to train with any weapon they have. And most shotguns have a lot more recoil than do some, you know, an AR-15 rifle or even a small 9mm handgun. But still, the shotgun can make up for poor marksmanship, and it's kind of like a piece of exercise equipment. Just because I bought it doesn't mean it's going to help me. Same thing with the shotgun or the rifle the pistol. You can buy it, but if you don't use it, you're not going to gain any experience with it. Just like with the exercise equipment, I can own it all day long. If I don't get on it and use it, it's not going to do me any good. So just because of that, because of its effective, short effective range and relatively ease of aiming, I'm going to put the shotgun as number three. Now, the fourth and fifth place are almost too close to call. In fact, if you went one way or the other, it probably wouldn't be much, but I had to pick one because I was making the list. And when you make the list, you have to, you know, guide yourself into it. The twenty-two caliber rifle, that's my number four. You may wonder why. Who wants a twenty-two? They're not good for anything. Well, they are good for a lot of things. For one, they're great for training people. They're very small caliber. They have low recoil. And they're easy to learn because the low recoil makes it very easy for people to learn. So, And they're lightweight guns, so they're easy for people to hold. And they're easy to shoot. They're very accurate. And the ammunition for them is extremely light, easy to come by, and it's inexpensive. So you can shoot a lot more twenty two for the same 25 bucks than you could 5.56 or shotgun shells or any other thing. So for that reason, I'll say a twenty two rifle should be the number four pick on your list. Now, it's also easier to teach somebody who has no experience to shoot when you're using a twenty two because of the low recoil. And they're not as loud. They tend to be less loud. There's less concussion coming from them. So, you know, it's a lot easier to teach somebody. And when you learn with a twenty two, it's easier to step your way up. And as always, as always, practice, practice, practice. Because of the cheap ammo, the practice is crucial. Now, when you pick a twenty two rifle, pick something of a well-known brand and a well-known action that you know is going to function because reliability, of course, is key with a 22 because they tend to, the 22 ammo tends to be a little dirtier and it tends to get into actions a little more. Get something specifically built for the 22 caliber cartridge because this way you know it's going to be reliable, you know it's something you can count on, and the accuracy is more likely to be a little better. Now they have a, there's a variety of companies. I'm not even going to mention companies, but any well-known company that makes one probably has a decent one, unless you go with some weird specialty type of 22, which they do make. But we're going to say go with something even, uh, okay, I'm going to mention a brand name. Ruger makes a takedown version of their 1022, which is probably one of the most popular 22 rifles ever made. And, uh, now, if you want something, now this is a, a magazine-fed 
semi-automatic. There's bolt-action rifles you can get in a twenty two. Another semi-automatic that I like for many reasons is the Marlin, uh, the Model 60. It's available, it's inexpensive, and the neat thing about the Marlin is it has a tube-fed magazine attached to it. So you never have to worry about losing a magazine and turning your gun into a single shot. The magazine tube is attached to it and feeds anywhere from 12 to 18 rounds of 22 ammo. So that way you've got your magazine attached to the gun, there's no chance of losing it. If you're teaching younger shooters, it might be easier because all they have to do is drop the, the the cartridges in the correct way, and that's all they need to do. They don't have to load a magazine, load a magazine to the gun, then then function the action. Here all they do is put the bullets in the tube, fun, cycle the action, and they're good to go. And, of course, teaching them on a twenty two is easier, and you can help build skills for bigger rifles later on. Okay, now in case you haven't guessed it by now, my fifth pick is going to be the twenty-two caliber pistol. <laughs> Probably for many of the same reasons I picked the rifle to start with. A twenty-two is a low-recoiling, low-noise way to get started. Now I have to tell you, becoming good with a pistol is much harder than becoming good with a rifle. Because a rifle inherently is more accurate easier to shoot longer distances, mostly because you're supporting it usually at at least three points. Usually it's at your shoulder, you have your hand underneath the the front of it, and then you usually, if you rest it anywhere, you can get a third point of stability, or if you're sitting down or you're going prone, you have a way to stabilize a rifle much easier than you do with a pistol. So having a 22 pistol is a really good way to start learning basic skills of becoming a pistolero. Because pistols, like I say, are much harder to master than rifles. So starting off with something small with a lot of low-recoiling, inexpensive ammo is something that you'd want to have. Now, also a twenty-two in a survival situation, rifle or pistol, is good because the ammo is small. It's lightweight. You can carry a large quantity of it. And a twenty-two can use can be used on a variety of game animals, mostly small stuff, you know, raccoons, squirrels, chipmunks, rabbits, anything... Even pests, you know, pests like rats and mice, you can shoot those with twenty twos. Now, although I'm not recommending it under any circumstances, poachers a lot of times will use twenty two solid point bullets on deer when they're poaching deer. Now they always get up as close as possible and they always make headshots. So something to consider if you're a poacher. I know what you're doing, I know what you're using. But don't do that unless you absolutely have to. And if you're a good enough shot, it might be something you can do in a survival situation. You don't always do it the best. You don't always do the best thing, but you do the best with what you've got. That's kind of the whole point of survival. Now, this this list is only if you can only have five guns, which I don't recommend for anybody. Five guns should be a minimum amount anybody should have. <laughs> well, a minimum would be one, and that's only if you're prepared to learn how to use it and take the responsibility of owning it. But if you want to build a collection, I say a minimum of five. And then beyond that, of course, you know, there's so many choices, it's mind-boggling. But I think if you start with these five and work your way into other ones, then you can see where your needs are, what you end up shooting the most, what you enjoy shooting the most, what you need the most to train people in your family or your group of friends. Then you can ex- expand from there. And I know a lot of you have budgets and have wives and girlfriends, you know, and they may say, why do you need more than one gun? And you can look at them and say, why do you need more than one piece of jewelry? You can only wear one pendant at a time. You can only wear 10 rings. 
You know, you can only wear one necklace at a time. Then maybe they'll start to see the light. They'll start nodding back and forth going, okay, I see your point. You need different things for different uses. And with the five guns, that gives you, like I say, a bare minimum of coverage. But that should cover you in almost any circumstance. So consider that. But if you get beyond that, like I say, the world is your oyster. There's a gazillion choices. And then you have to start really narrowing things down as to what you want, what you need, and see what you think is going to work best for you. But as always, everybody should own as many guns as possible because everybody knows five is hardly enough guns. Everybody should have at least a dozen or two or three dozen. I don't know. There's no set number, but get as many as you can because, you know, we got to support the, the gun rights and you got to support the Second Amendment. And one more note in closing, I'm going to mention that the NICS system is the system they use to do background checks. And apparently over the last two years, there have there has been an extraordinary number of gun sales because I think most people were so stocked up prior to the 2016 election that we're still dealing with hugely inflated leftover inventories because everyone was expecting 2016 to go to to uh, what's her name uh, the Clinton lady Hitlery that's it yes but Hitlery was supposed to win and she didn't and so these companies were all stocked up ready for hit, for hit, Hitlery to win and just sell guns like crazy. And since it didn't happen, it didn't. All right, again, any comments? Roger on radio at Gmail or Roger at America's Web Radio. This is Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B., and you're listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.